I'm Lizanne Flynn. I'm a master healer who works with all earthlings to reunite them within themselves and with each other, regardless of the dimension they're currently in. Meaning, I'm a medium as well as an animal communicator, medical intuitive, and channel for all beings. I use the tools of shamanic journeying and soul retrieval to support animals and humans as they heal from past trauma. I'm certified as a Reiki master teacher and as a canine massage therapist. This is the Animals I View podcast. I hung out my shingle professionally in 2006. One of the most memorable animal communication sessions and one that just filled me with delight at the time, and it still does, was when I worked with a breeder of standard poodle puppies who was in the process of choosing which puppy went to which new home. The breeder happened to be located in California. Y'all know I'm here in Colorado. And I had been recommended to her by a current client. And to be honest, I was a bit nervous. It, It wasn't about my connection with animals. That's always been super solid. And it would prove to be such during this session. It actually was more the prospect of juggling all of the sentient being energies involved. Because while the soul contracts had already been formed between the animal and human, their prospective guardians, it was my job to make sure that each plug, if you will, got placed into the right socket, if you follow that analogy. And if memory serves, there were eight puppies. So I was working with and partnering with not only the puppies really bright as being new on the planet, streams of energy and being present as well, each of the guardians and sets of guardians were energies with whom I'd need to be able to connect so that I could feel the the puzzle sound, the snick, you know, that the sound that the puzzle piece makes when it fits into its rightful place. So it was a boatload of energy to be sure. And once I didn't let myself get distracted by the numbers of puppies or the prospective guardians or even the breeders, frankly, initial skepticism, I dove right in. I I just love what I do. I'm passionate about what I do. It's it's just a real kick. As I said, because the soul contracts had already been forged and it was my role to simply relay this, these relationships to the breeder, there was a, a little bit of back and forth on a few of them, yet it was so interesting. Was it those humans whose intentions were very clear about what kind of guardian they wanted to be were the ones that were easiest to tick off the list first. Because here's the thing about animal communication air quotes. It's such a misnomer to begin with, at least in the area of human-animal relationships. Every time I'm contacted about a behavior issue on the part of the animal, because, you know, 
it's not ever the other way around. Oh, Lizanne, I totally screwed it up with my dog or cat or whoever. And now their behavior has changed and I need your, and I need your help with how to set it right with them. That's not usually how <laughs> humans roll. <laughs> I love my humans and it's usually the other way around. And it's usually, hey, my dog or cat or whoever behavior has changed out of the blue and I don't know what to do to fix them, again, air quotes, and make them go back to where they were. Because with humans, it's that change thing that kind of gets us set off. It's like, things were going really well, and now now all of it's changed, and we are such creatures of habit, after all. And I know I'm paraphrasing a bit, although frankly not a whole lot, <laughs> because as we've talked before, the behavior of animal is really the only way they have of waving the red flag to tell you that is that something is amiss, awry, not working well with your shared energy environment. And they need you to play good detective with me <laughs> so that we can figure it out together, which is always how they intend it to be. So in that moment of why are they acting like this and how can you fix it for me? And yes, I've actually had people say that to me. Just just tell them not to do or to do X, Y, or Z, which is not what I do at all. And my answer is always, I can tell them that, yet it's your lead that they're following. You, my dear guardians, hold all of the cards when it comes to changing your own intention and behavior first, which is how we got to this place to begin with. So in that moment, I'm also connecting with the energy and information behind the basic energy being presented by the humans who hired me. And I've had more than one client say, wow. I didn't think that this is what the session <laughs> would end up being like, especially if we get all up in it with their love life, their work, their in-laws or outlaws, as the case may be. This is always about building bridges and frankly, at times, what I'd like to call energy therapy between species, which isn't a thing yet. You heard it here first, although I'm, I'm determined to make sure that it is at some point before I leave the planet, because... Just like with any relationship, there can be baggage, missed signals, resentments, etc., all of which the animal wants to resolve simply because their relationship with energy is so very important to them, so that they can return to joy, to being joy, to sharing joy, and have others around them return to joy as much as possible and as quickly as possible. It literally is that important to them. That's their purpose here on the planet. On the other end of the spectrum with animals, especially in the wild, it truly may be animal communion so that I can be receiver of what it is they want to share with the world through me. I'm a representative of a collective awareness as they are in that moment. And so it's like, a couple of ambassadors for different nations working together so that peace can reign supreme once again. And under that, and not, not to get too lost in the weeds, are the deputy ambassadors 
of animals in the wild who may visit you individually with a private message of support, yet they they don't ever relinquish their connection to the whole because that's their structure, their scaffolding of awareness. We've talked before, their default is collective, our default is individual. And so even within the context of the eight puppies who were telling me with whom they were to start their new earthly lives, there were varying degrees of clarity in the intentions on the part of the humans. It it was clear that there were some humans mostly present for a dog to whose breed they were attracted because of the breed specifics, you know, smart, sensitive, athletic, etc., and there were others who were wanting this this particular breed because they liked the way they looked or may have had one when they were younger and were more interested in having a new family member. You You might be thinking it's a judgment on my part to say that those who were interested in breed characteristics so that they could have the look or experiences of such a dog. The, the thing is, though, energy never lies. Animals know this to be true, and yet humans do not. We don't yet, at least. Words and not as much actions can be used to hide behind or attempt to dilute the underlying intention of anything, and the energy of that same thing will always speak loudest to me and others like me who do this work. It always has and it always will so that what will be present might be considered as multiple streams of energetic intention with with each carrying its own message that makes for actually a very full and complete picture of what's present. Not complicated, complex. Huge difference between those two words. And and while humans may have varying intentions, some more prominent than others, about a new animal family member, for the animals it is always, how can I serve while I'm with them? And I think it's worth it to ask, are, are humans asking themselves the same question before adding a new animal family member? And and maybe it's time we start so that so that we move beyond the breed specifics, if you will, if we happen to be going to a breeder, so that we move beyond the, oh, I really like the look of this particular dog, cat, whoever it happens to be, that we see in the animal shelter. And then we take a look at our own lives and we say, so, I think I've made the choice to go in this direction. Am I willing to serve them and... In this situation, how can I best serve them? I'll be really honest with you. I I will likely usually land on the side of adopting from a shelter versus buying from a breeder. And then if you want to go the breed-specific route, I would definitely advocate for breed-specific rescue next. I do understand. I understand about allergies, lifestyle, etc. that may make it unlikely to find such a match in a shelter situation. And I've always said that soul path is way above my pay grade, and I'll stick with that in this situation as well. 
If in human experience one feels compelled to enter into a relationship with a sentient being of a different species, then I can choose to be neutral about that and support whatever soul awarenesses on both parts happens to be present and facilitate however I can. And and as an aside, you may not know, and maybe some of you listening have had this experience already, there, there are beings in human experience to whom animals come whose primary purpose seems to be of what I call a death doula. And it's my understanding that death doulas, individuals who are skilled and gifted at facilitating transition for beings in human experience, actually exist. They also exist for beings in animal experience. And so this would be someone who has the lovely, thriving experience of fully living with another sentient being for only a short while because that animal sought them out as a soft place in which to transition. And usually much sooner than what that human expects. And and the really interesting thing about this is that Sometimes that's planned on the part of the being in human experience, and sometimes it's not. And you might imagine that if it's not, that 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 would really present an exquisite challenge for the being in human experience. I do think it helps them. They've told me that it helps them to know, to have that um, aspect of their relationships with beings and animal experience illuminated for them. But, you know, talk about being of service. And I I think that we think we're being of service to them when we give them a good home, uh, good food to eat, training and outings and hikes, and all the things that we think they want and love. And I think, frankly, it's closer to the truth that these are things that we want them to want and we want them to love because these are the things that we want and we love. And we want them to want and love with us. And sometimes we enter into these things without asking them, what do you need? What do you want? And certainly on the opposite end of the spectrum, we may find ourselves in a situation with a new animal family member who's outside the breed characteristics, the breed specifics, if you will, are nothing like their personality and temperament. They don't like playing fetch or going on hikes or doing any of the other things that maybe our other previous breed experiences have prepared us for. And I've been on that end of it where a client may be, well, perhaps I need to be returning this animal to the breeder because they're nothing like what I was promised. And inside of, I might be saying, and you all might be echoing a, well, yikes, is that what this is about? And that, of course, is the shade side of perhaps going to a breeder that it's not like filling out a menu. Remember, there are soul contracts at work here. And with all things expectation-wise, it's it's on the one having the expectations, right? To embrace any disappointment or feeling of what the heck, this is not what I signed on for. That is ours alone to hold. 
because we might not have asked the question, how can I serve you in this moment, this day, this month, this year, this lifetime? We so want everything to be perfect. (laughs) And we're so thrown when it's not, usually because we haven't braced the duality of sunshine and shade as the animals have, that will lead us to the place of unity and purity, actually, of purpose. Make no mistake that their purpose is to serve in as joyous a way as possible, regardless of their start in life. And perhaps we can join them in a mutual quest of serving each other and thus the planet together. At least, that's how the animals see it. Thanks for listening today. Leave a review if you're so inspired and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. I offer all new clients a free 15-minute consultation. Reach out if you think I can be of service via www.lazanneflynn.com. Come and find me on social media, Facebook, Twitterverse, Instagram, and LinkedIn. I invite you to sign up for my quarterly newsletter that just went out last week on my website, where I also post notices for upcoming events such as new classes and online psychic fairs. This has been the Animal's Eye View podcast. I'll see you next time.